Good morning, everybody, and welcome. It is Monday, the 19th of February here on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8, and 88 right across Australia. Positively different radio in the morning. And you're with Lyle and Christopher. Christopher, welcome to the show. We've been enjoying having Christopher as a part of our show here. And as we go to the, through today, we have lots of exciting things that we're going to be talking we do about. indeed. What have we, we got coming up? Well, we're going to continue looking at our Encounter with God topic. We've been looking at death, but not just that. We've been looking at the hopeful side, the more bright side about it and what the of Bible course, has to say. because that's because uh, this is positively different radio. Exactly. Positively different radio, so we're going to have a positive discussion about the resurrection. We have an interview coming up with the most interesting person. Who might that be? Uh, could it be... Myself? Yes. <laughs> we wanted to get to know, who is this Christopher guy who has invaded our airwaves? And why is he here? What is he doing? And so we're going to have a chat with Christopher and hear his story and his testimony, how he came to the Lord and what he's been doing for God ever since he did. So that's coming up in the show. We're also going to talk about uh, some of the current events. We're going to talk about the uh, very tragic events that took place in Florida with the school massacre there and what that actually means for our world. Mm. Uh, so we're going to look at it, what it means for our world. We're going to look at uh, the United States and the problems within the, the, the culture there as their um, civilization in many ways continues to collapse. Um, it's a, Yeah, so that's, a, that's going to be a pretty heavy subject that we're going to get into there, and uh, but something we need to talk about. And, of course, don't forget to give us a call, 1-800-324-843 on our open line number or text us on 0491-064-669 if you have a... Uh, you, you would like to send us a text message. Now, of course, you're listening to the Delayed Broadcast, so welcome to all our listeners on the Delayed Broadcast. And if you would like to hear us live, because we actually uh, do go live on many of our transmitters, but if you'd like to hear us live, you can listen to us live on at faithfm.com.au or you can download the TuneIn app. Uh, simply go to Faith FM Australia, plug your phone into your car radio, and away you go. You can do it by Bluetooth, by Oxcord, by... A tape machine, <laughs> a tape player adapter, an aux cord as I do, um, for those of us who drive old bombs, and uh, you can listen to us there. That's the best way to catch us, catch the live program. So give us a call, any questions you've got, comments you'd like to make, you can agree with us, you can disagree with us. It is your opportunity <laughs> to share your thoughts and your opinion. You're listening to Faith FM. We look forward to your company through the rest of the morning. We're going to move to a song at this particular time, Malvinus, Spirit of the Living God.
have been listening to Malvinus, Spirit of the Living God, I Need the Every Hour. And I've got to tell you, Christopher, whether when I look at some of the things that are happening in our world today, and particularly what we're going to be talking about um, during this segment, it really reminds me that I need Jesus every hour. Mm, for sure. I feel the stresses, I feel the pressures, and then I hear Malvinus sing that song, and it's just like, Jesus is still on the throne. Yep. <laughs> he is still there. He hasn't gone anywhere. And uh and, and, and he's never you know, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Mm. He is there with us every hour, every day, and you can take confidence that Jesus will never let you down. It's good yeah. news, isn't it? Good news, especially as you said, considering what we're going to be talking about this morning. The Florida school shooting. You know what disturbs me the most about the Florida school shooting? Do tell. How little impact it had on me when I heard it on the news. As in it was just another one of these shootings that happens so frequently well, now? It's become totally normalized. Yeah. You know, I can remember, and you're probably a bit young for this, uh, but I can remember when the, the, the Columbine school massacre took place mm. and how it dominated the news for weeks. Uh, it, you know, it was a very similar kind of circumstance to this, how that every, the life of every victim and both perpetrators was dissected in depth. Books were written about it. Movies were made about it. I drove to Columbine School as a pilgrimage just to see where it took place. You know, mm. these are... Uh, and, 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 and now you, you hear it on the news, like, oh, another one. Uh, move on. What, what else yeah, is on the it's, news? Yeah, it's almost as if there's been this desensitization totally, to it. You just totally, see it over and over and over. Totally. And, and, and that really scares me. I think that, um, you know, we have something here that is... A sign of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, in, in context, there's a passage that I'd like to share uh, from, well, I'll start in Matthew chapter 24, because Matthew 24 is the, is the passage of the Bible that talks all about the return of Christ. And so Matthew 24, and we will go down to verse 12, where it says, because iniquity will abound. That's that's kind of, I've got the old English one. There will be a lot of evil, the Bible is saying right here. Yeah, my translation says lawlessness. Okay, lawlessness. Lawlessness, yeah. Lawlessness. There will be lots of lawlessness before the return of Christ. And the love of many will grow cold. And you see a, a situation like this, and I don't think that we get a clearer illustration of this passage right here of total lawlessness and total hatred, which is the opposite of love, and, and in many ways, total desperation. Mm. Could I pose a point to you, Lyle? Mm-hmm. Um, we could read passages like this and look back and say, well, haven't we seen lawlessness or a lack of love for quite a long time throughout history? What makes it different now that it's happening at this specific point in time? How would you say it is a specific sign of the time now? Yes, yeah, very good question. Uh, in fact, if you back up to verse 8, verse 8 has the answer to that question. It says, oh, all of these are the beginnings of the labor pains. And so, you know, Jesus lists a whole bunch of signs of the times, um, or things that will take place just before his return. And then goes on, because Jesus knows, you know, it talks about wars and rumors of wars and, and famines and pestilences and earthquakes and diseases and all these kind of things being rampant in the world. You know, we just saw that in Tonga with the uh, cyclone that there, etc. These kinds of events. And Jesus knew that throughout the history of the world, these issues would always be present. Mm. And so he's like, okay, here's what you need to look for. These are going to be like labor pains. Now, unlike you, <laughs> I know some things about labor pains. Yeah. I, from observation. No, I'm, not, I'm not familiar. No, no, no. <laughs> observation. I'm, I'm a little bit older than Christopher. Okay, so I've got... Uh, I've got um, 
sons that are Christopher's age. <laughs> I'm giving away my age now, aren't I? But uh, so I've got, I've got two boys that are 20 and 22. And, um, and so I know some things by observation. Yes. And the first thing that I absorb, I absorb, Absorb, observed. <laughs> I didn't absolve anything. I observed <laughs> was that um, when labour pain, when my wife started to go into labour, the pains were fairly mild. Mm-hmm. But then they increased in intensity, more and more and more and more and more and more intensity until that blessed event arrived and there was joy. And did it, uh, and was there an increase in frequency as well? That's the second thing I learned about oh, labour pain. Yes, <laughs> they increase in they go they follow a J curve going up. Okay, okay, so they increase in regularity. They increase in. Um, intensity. They, they they follow this Jacob, and so what Jesus is saying is, look, when you see all of these all of these events that I'm speaking of here, and you can put them on a chart, and they are following a J curve, mm. then you know that my return is near. Yeah. Uh, the third thing that I learned is that is when quite, they start, quite the educational experience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Got to educate the younger generation here. <laughs> Okay, so the third thing I learned is that once labour pain didn't start, you can't sort of go, yeah, you know what? It's kind of inconvenient time right now. Gonna I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather have this baby next Tuesday rather than you know this Friday. So I think I'll just put it off. We'll do this next Tuesday. Yeah. No, no, that's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. This is a one-way path through pain to blessing. Mm. So what we're looking for amongst the signs of the times is an increase in intensity, an increase in regularity. And when you see that and you can put it on a chart and see a J-curve forming, you know that the return of Christ is near. And you can put any of these on a chart and you'll, you know, it's just a very, very clear J-curve that has been forming over the last 100 to 150 years. Uh, and some of them over very recent times indeed. So we know Jesus is coming back soon. Yeah. Now the... Um, um, just to put this in a little bit of perspective, and, and one of the things that you know, I was like, yeah, ha, ha, ho hum, another school shooting in the United States. Um, I was reading a, a, an article that was written in the end of January, and in that particular article, they were pointing out that in the last, in the previous twenty-three days, so once since America had come back from their Christmas holidays, which are very short holidays over there, of course, because yep. that's uh, they, they, their summer holidays are in July. Um, there had been. 11 school shootings in 23 days, that's one every second day. 11 in 11 23 days. days. And that's why we're immune to it. Yeah. It's just like it happens all the time. It just, you know, again and again and again and again and again. And, uh, you know, a little later on in the segment, I want to spend some time talking about, you know, the kind of society that is creating that because this truly is unparalleled in history. Mm. And in society and in our world today, you know, you don't find these kinds of events happening in very, very violent places like Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, countries that are literally awash with Military-grade guns and weapons (laughs) and war zones and availability. And, you know, you would say that these people have a lot of reason for desperation. And yet here we find them here in the West. Americans are more desperate, far more desperate. That's crazy. It it, it is. And it reminds me of another passage. And uh, this one's over in 2 Timothy chapter 3. 
Uh, let me just flick over here real quickly. Second Timothy chapter three, and we're going <laughs> to go to. Why did Timothy jump out of my Bible? Oh, I got him. I found him. Okay. I don't know what Bible you're in. <laughs> All right. Start reading for us then because uh, it's not in my Bible. Uh, give us first one, th- one to five. says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come, this, they will come times of difficulty. So, so just, to remind, just to butt in there for a moment, we are reading about the last days. Yes. Okay. That's our context. This is a last day context. All right. And then he continues in verse two. He says, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying his power, avoid such People. Okay, so when we read those, 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 you know, is is this a, a description of our children today? We have to ask ourselves this question: lovers and themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, you know, um, without natural affection, um, fierce, despisers of those that are good. You look at events that are happening, like this this Florida school shooting, and surely this is an illustration of young people that have been reduced to this kind of culture that we are reading about right here. Right in the pages in the Bible here. And the other thing that I find fascinating about this passage here is how it ends in verse 5. Having a form of godliness. The Bible is not talking about um, Islamic nations or Hindu nations or um, Buddhist nations. The Bible is talking about Christian nations. Nations that have a form of godliness but denying the power, and these are nations that are collapsing and failing um, as a society. Thank you. 
We have been listening to Sandra Enderman, All of Me, with I Surrender. Uh, with, with, uh, with, with the words I Surrender. <laughs> <laughs> I had those, that last line in my mind. And uh, it was just, I was just, you know, meditating on that as I was listening to it and thinking about how that, you know, this really is the solution to our world. Mm. You know, getting rid of self and surrendering to Christ, giving our lives to Christ, dying to self. And when we look at the problems that we have in our world today, and particularly as we've been talking about this Florida school shooting, it's really driven by self. Yeah. I was, a society that is based around self. I was yeah. even uh, thinking uh, during that song as well, why is it that we continue to see these events take place in, in our news in the first place? Mm-hmm. Why is it we continue to see... Until it's become normalized to the point we don't even realize, we don't, we don't even hardly turn a hair. It's exa- like, yeah, there'll be another one next yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. And our society just seems to be very desensitized to it all. And mm-hmm. so I was thinking to myself, it seems to be there's a problem with all of the systems that we are living in. Mm-hmm. It appears as though no matter what system we're, we're in, there is no perfect solution to making like this ideal world or an ideal utopia, you know, where these things don't happen, where we don't have shootings or we don't have all this, this crime and evil. Mm. And we've tried out so many different ideas as well. Uh, throughout history, we've tried heaps of different systems to see if we can, you know, make people just operate and work within a society and function without yeah, hurting each other. We've tried uh, I mean, different types of government. You've tried, you know, we've, had, we've had republics, we've had monarchies, we've had aristocracies, we've had, you know, the, the, the two big experiments in the last hundred years have been communism and capitalism. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and to be honest, I'll be glad that I live in a democratic country, but we can see Western civilization collapsing around us. Yeah. Being led by the United States. Which, of course, was the, was the leader in establishing a Republican democratic system. Yeah, I, I often say democracy is the best, worst option we have. There's no perfect system, but it's maybe the best like, patch-up job we've come up with, but we've experimented with a lot of other ones as well, yeah. and it just keeps seeming to fail. And I was wondering... You know which one, which one I think is one of the worst? Do tell. It's a, uh, a, a clergy-based government. Uh-huh. Okay, yes. Um, and what you find there is that whenever you get religion and politics united together, that's the biggest disaster you'll ever get. Yeah. We need to keep religion and politics, church and state, as separate as possible. Mm. And this is the biblical model. So this is a personal rant of mine. So I go, know go, I'm, go. I'm, I'm off the subject. I'm off the subject, I know. All right, get off that soapbox. All right. All right. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Yeah, and so I was just thinking, is there what? What is the inherent problem here? Is it the different systems we've come up with, or is it the people that actually uh, comprise these systems? The people that are living within these societies. It's human nature. The Bible says, Jeremiah says it, and uh, if I took a moment, I could find it for you, um, and I will find it for you in just a moment. Uh, the Bible says that the human heart, the natural human heart, is desperately wicked and evil above all things, and so um, that's human nature. Now, the reason that human beings do good things is because of the influence of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so the more you take the Holy Spirit out of the equation, and the more humans turn away from God, then the more human nature comes into control. And that means that any system that human beings come up with is going to fail. It doesn't matter what we think, what we experiment with. There is no utopia here on this earth. And, okay, our, we live in the lucky country, praise God, but we know from history, history repeats itself, and our country will fail 
in much the same way as that we see the United States failing now, and we saw, you know, say for instance, um, USSR fail 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. 30 years ago. <laughs> My goodness. Um, and... You know, this is this is just how history goes, and we can go back and see how ancient Rome failed, and we can see how ancient Egypt failed, and yeah. the different systems of government that they had. It's almost as if every time a nation gets so big, it ends up collapsing on itself. It just gets too big for it for its own good, really. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this is another thing that I found interesting. Throughout the Bible, God actually isn't too keen on cities getting really big and like lumping together, like mm-hmm. uh, taking into consideration. Uh, the the Tower of Babel spoken by a true country boy. Yeah, <laughs> the Tower of Babel. Everyone's like grouped in one place, and God says, "Hey, no, no, like spread out. You know, spread all over the earth." Yes. And then this huge, you know, they build this huge set, the huge city center. And it seems that like when you have a huge grouping of people. All those human nature seems yes. to like almost be... Human beings were not designed to live in human filing cabinets. I go to uh, yeah. Sydney and places like that. I look at all these tie-rise apartments and like, yes, yeah, a human filing cabinet. We were not designed to live that way. No. I, I was in Sydney uh, in the Christmas holidays and I was getting onto a ferry. And uh, as we were like, you know, giving our tickets and everything, they put us into like this waiting bay area. And I honestly felt like cattle, you know, being put into like some truck ready to go to a slaughterhouse or something. And I was like... This is so weird. Why am I being treated like an animal? I'm a human being. I'm in Sydney. What's going on? Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about the United States and um, the United States particularly as a failed state. Mm-hmm. And I know that's, um, that's a, uh, a, big bl- claim. a big claim, but, but I want to honestly look at it because you've got a society here that is being driven by despair, um, rage, anxiety. These are all systems of a collapsing state. Yeah, not good signs. Um, and so we mentioned earlier on how that you have 11 school shootings in 23 days. Um, that was just in the first uh, few weeks of January. That's one every second day, which is unique to the United States. No other country in the world experiences that, even countries that are uh, you know are awash with violence and awash with guns. Um, Afghanistan, Iraq. When I was in Iran, uh, I was in Iran um, uh, about 18 months ago, and most of the police that I saw, they weren't carrying weapons. Really? No. They did, you know, it was a was surprisingly, you felt very, very safe there. Wow. But yet in the United States, we find that children are either killing each other or themselves on an unprecedented scale. Um, and and this, is, this is a sign of, of desperation. Yeah. Um, you look at the opioid epidemic, you know, the epidemic of drug use in the United States, where it, those drugs are illegal drugs. Mm. Why are people using drugs? They are using drugs because they are self-medicating. They are self-medicating to escape the anxiety, the depression, the despair of what they are, of the society that they're living in. And yet you can go to Asia, you can go to Africa, in many of these countries where these drugs are not illegal, and certainly you have drug use, but nothing like the scale of what you've got in the United States. Why are people so desperate that they have to numb themselves on a daily basis mm. uh, from reality? Um, it, it, um, you know, you've got mass self-medication. You've got um, suicide is the biggest killer of young people. You've got massive homicidal events like this one that we've um, just seen. And this is this is example of people who are living truly traumatic lives yeah why are they so traumatized in such a wealthy nation 
And why? What is it that you think you were saying? Uh, a lot of the, these actions are fueled by despair. Hmm. What despair could it be? Uh, as yeah. you said, they live in such a wealthy Wealth nation. Wealthiest nation on earth. Why is that? Why is there such despair? Okay, so here's what I see, and 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 it comes back to what we were reading in Timothy, Second uh, Timothy chapter three, and verse two. Well, verse one. In the last days, perilous or dangerous times will come. It begins by saying, men shall be lovers of their own selves. Mm -hmm. And so what God says at the end of time, self will be the main focus. And when we become focused on ourselves, we become toxic and we poison ourselves from the inside out. And extreme capitalism that you see in that you see in the United States that has been developed over the last hundred years or so has developed a society that is that is focused extremely on self yeah which has poisoned people from the inside out and so now they are so traumatized and desperate they are killing themselves and killing each other and, and numbing them and numbing the the, the the pain away and that would uh, fit into you know this whole consumerism model it's all about how can you fill you know whatever whatever it is that you need how can you yeah. fill that with some product for 499 currently and we have now. this mantra and, and, and I'm bringing this up right now because you hear it over and over again here in Australia and we're only one step behind the United States Let's yeah we real. just follow suit you hear it over and over again um, be true to yourself Oh, yeah, be true to your heart. Oh, my goodness, it is the most <laughs> toxic, poisonous mantra that there is. Because as you said, the heart is deceitful above all things. Yes, like, the last thing in the world I want to do is to be true to myself. Yeah. That is the last thing, that is the thing that is going to destroy me, that's going to, you know, I want to be true to Jesus Christ. I want to die to self because myself is the problem. Yeah. I want to be true to Jesus Christ. You know, if I follow him, I've never seen anyone mess up their life using Jesus as their example and following him. You know, it's it's almost like Americans have become immune to happiness, and uh, yeah, it, it it really is a uh, a scary thing. But anyway, we need to move on. We need to think about some positive things. Let's listen to Fernando Ortega. All flesh is like the grass. All flesh is like the grass. The grass withers. Fades away All flesh Is like the grass The grass withers And fades away The glory of man Like a flower That shrivels in the sun And falls The glory like a flower that shrivels in the sun and falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever.
Listening to Fernando Ortega, All Flesh is Like the Grass, here on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, and 88, right across Australia. Positively different radio. We haven't had a very positive discussion no. this morning, have we? Let, let's ch- let's like, fix that. Whoa, <laughs> let's change that around. But uh, at this particular time, we just didn't need to put it out there. If you'd like to give us a call, feel free to do so. Um, our open line number is 1-800-324-843 or 1-800-FAITH-FM or 0491-064-669. Maybe you have an opinion as to why the United States has become a failed state and a predatory society. Mm. Um, and uh, maybe you don't agree with me Maybe you'd like to disagree <laughs> Then give us a call You can share your opinion right here Well, I think I've got some good news here, Lyle Oh, you do? I think I do well, We're gonna, We have a quiz question Okay And uh, here it is So a prize is. coming up for the quiz So exactly. uh, nobody's called in yet So give us a call Answer the quiz It's yours to claim Alright, what number am I? Our first clue was This number of men died Because they looked into the Ark of the Lord Tricky that one, mm-hmm. and then our second clue is this is the number of kings with thumbs and big toes cut off who picked up scraps under Adonai Bezek's table. Whew, we're given the obscure yeah, questions I'm today. How they picked up scraps without thumbs, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting one, that uh, one, yeah. Can I okay, give- we're testing you all your Bible knowledge this morning. That's it. So give us a call and uh, win yourself a prize by answering those questions. Another clue coming up in the next segment. But before we get there, I do need to remind you that if you would like to text us, you can text us on 0491-064-669. And I do need to uh, particularly mention this to our um, delayed broadcast listeners. And we do have quite a few people listening to the delayed broadcast. If you would like to listen to us live or if you are struggling with your signal, then you can listen to us um, online at faithfm.com.au. If you are at home or if you're in the car, just simply uh, download the TuneIn app, find Faith FM Australia and run it straight through your car stereo system. And uh, you know what? 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 I, I do this all the time because between here and my home, there's a place where um, the signal drops out. Oh yeah, and so I don't use it. On, I don't use the, the the radio anymore. I just use my phone. Oh, there we just go. Plug straight through my. We got a uh, personal testimony as to how yep, good it is. Yep. Uh, and, and my car is so old; it has a tape player in it. Oh wow! Have you ever, have you ever, <laughs> seen, have you ever seen a tape? 
Yes, yes. I, okay. I, my dad had like an old tape recorder. I used to listen go. to those things yeah. all the time. Yeah, Christian. Classic. <laughs> you used to listen to tapes? Yeah, yeah. I had like little Bible stories on them and stuff. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know millennials even knew what they were. But anyway, uh, I've got one of those things that plugs in and has a um, an aux cord coming out of the uh, okay, tape yeah, yeah. Yeah. thing and, and, and uh, just run yeah, through that that's one. That's handy. So, yeah, yeah, I much, uh, have a great signal that way and, and it's a really good way to listen to it. And of course, you pick it up live that way. That's the way to do so it. So who is this person, Christopher, who has invaded our airwaves lately, I yesterday and today? I'm pretty elusive, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need to find out a little bit about you, Christopher. And uh, so let me begin by asking, where do you come from? So I'm from the home of the Big Banana, Coffs Harbour. Okay. Nice nice place. Yeah, big, a beautiful place. It's like, how did you, how were you fortunate enough yeah. to, uh, did, were you born there? Yeah, I've, I was born there. I, I lived my whole life there, so... Uh, of all things, both of my parents are Indonesian language teachers, which is, yeah, <laughs> it's quite a niche, uh, quite a niche uh, area. I'm, I'm just sitting here looking at you at the other side of the studio thinking, you know, what am I going to ask Christopher? This is like the most boring guy ever. You know, most, <laughs> most people have some, some interesting family heritage. You know, I've got Sri Lankan background, etc. And uh, I'm looking at it just like plain Aussie. Boring. <laughs> and your parents teach Indonesian. Yeah. To all our Indonesian listeners at home, selamat pagi. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Want to hear the oh. rest of it now? Uh, namaste, Christopher. Saya uh, suka es krim. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it your Indonesian is not as fluent as your parents? No, actually, uh, I just haven't spoken it in a long time. I studied it during year 11 and 12, so I'm actually uh, fluent. I could go over there and I'd be fine. I can speak Indonesian. I just haven't. Used it in a while. I haven't. Oh, <laughs> you need to go and you need to go and live over there for a year or so. I do. It's a little rusty, but I'm I'm pretty fluent. Yeah, that is amazing. What a cool language to be able to, to be able to uh, speak. I would love to speak another language. So disappointed that um, I hey, never learned that time. skill. Still got time. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> okay, so you grew up in Coffs Harbour. Yes, uh, beautiful part of the world. You um, did you come from a Christian home? Yes. Uh, so both my parents were Christian, uh, and they in fact worked at a local Christian school. So I attended all those schools. So basically, whether it was primary school or high school, I had a parent there. Someone was watching over me. So what's, what's it like to be a teacher's kid? See, I actually didn't find it to be that strange uh a lot of I, I had a lot of friends who also were teachers kids and their parents would like always call them out like during their classes like hey that's my boy and you know like try and publicly embarrass them or whatever but my parents were pretty chill i weren't really that concerned about it so i'd walk into the class and they just treat me like any other student yep. and then occasionally i'd put up you know my hand and say like oh hey dad and then my whole class would go call him mr peterson you can't call him <laughs> dad in class and so i'd have to be like oh yeah okay sorry mr peterson but like apart from that yeah like my parents always just treated me like a regular student there wasn't really like that much pressure to you know like achieve more because i was a teacher's kid so i i find it i found it didn't really have a huge impact on how i did uh, my school life really yeah i i, I had a just a small experience of that over the uh, summer holidays where i was working at a teen camp and so um <coughs> my youngest son was a counselor and he, he he got his first name my Oldest son was staff, and so he was called Mr. Southwell. <laughs> and they're like, well, what are we going to do with Okay, you can be Pastor Southwell. So it was um, my youngest son by his first name, and then it was Mr. Southwell. It was Pastor, Pastor Southwell. Southwell. And it was very strange to call my son Mr. Southwell and for have him call me Pastor, Pastor Southwell. Southwell. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I guess you'd get used to it very quickly. Okay, so you're growing up there, um, <clears throat> Christian home. Tell me about how you came to God. Mm. Well, I suppose... 
because I grew up in church and with a Christian in a Christian household, uh, God was always there, and so. Uh, it was readily accessible for me. Mm. Um, Would you say that there's never been a time that you've been, like you've always been connected to God since like your earliest memories? Um, from my earliest memories, I've always been connected to God, but there definitely have been times where I felt that distance. Yeah. There was never a time where I felt like God had completely abandoned me or I'd completely left God. Like I always knew God was there, mm-hmm. but sometimes you know I would tuck him into the corner over there. So, sure, sure. Um, I call it convenient theism. Yeah. Uh, you, you have God and you believe he's there, but you just don't do much with him. Yep. So I had those periods, but yeah, I always uh, had you know some uh, connection or relationship with God. Uh, but it was during... Uh, around about year nine or ten that really you know those are those formative years where you're beginning to learn about your faith mm-hmm. and uh, during my primary school I'd always tried to reach out to other people and try and tell them about God and share my faith but no one had ever given me anything no one ever wanted to hear about it mm-hmm. and so I had basically uh, given up on it which isn't a great attitude to have but yeah, that's what yeah. I'd done that's fantastic um, and then so throughout high school for a few years like if people came up to me with the occasional question you know I'd answer it for them uh, I was never uh, afraid of sharing my faith but I wasn't going out of my way anymore if you, if you get what I mean I wasn't actively going out and mm-hmm. trying to tell people mm-hmm. and then uh, I'm in commerce and we're having a class but, well, okay, so oh, wait, sorry wait, yeah back up for a second. so this is a Christian school so they're all Christians going to this school no uh, I would say in at least my grade the ratio was about maybe 40% were Christian, 60% weren't. Right. So you, yeah. you're outnumbered by non-Christian. So you do have then lots of opportunity to actually share yes, Jesus Christ. There is quite a, a, a lot of people to share it with. I would find it unusual that a young person was interested in sharing about Jesus Christ. Well, for me, I, I'm quite a logical person, right? So for me, I was just like, well, this is good news. This makes sense. The logical conclusion is to tell other people. I love it. I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> that, Praise God. That was awesome. it. Um, so, so, yeah, I'm sitting in this commerce class, and we're having a class discussion. At the end, this guy who I'd really never talked to before, uh, his name was James. Shout out if you're listening. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he comes up to me and he says, Christopher, everyone answered the exact same way in our class discussion. And you had the one answer that was different. And he said, what were you thinking? Why did you answer like that? And so I told him, well, you know, that's just part of my faith. And he just looks at me and just goes, oh, no, don't tell me you believe in this whole God deal. He goes, come on, Christopher, you're a smart guy. I would have expected better from you. Wait, 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 wait. Let's back up for a moment. So everybody in your class except you was taking the anti-God side? Exactly. In a Christian school? In a Christian school. And there were other Christians in the class, but they they were shying away from... They just shut up? They just, yeah, they were all quiet. And it was just kind of like this silent compliance, yeah. which is astonishing considering like even the teacher facilitating this discussion is Christian. And here he's looking at a class where there's one person uh, sharing a Christian point of view. Mm-hmm. It was really strange. Did you get back up from your teacher? Uh, I can't remember. I think, he, I think he was trying to be like... Uh, <laughs> Let's not call him out right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's listening. <laughs> he, he knows who he is. He's a great teacher. He was amazing. Yeah. Um, and so he, he started asking me questions about my faith. And this, is the, this is the other kid. This is the other kid. Yeah. Um, and so we started talking and talking, and we spent the rest of the afternoon talking. And then we go to get on the buses, and he says, all right, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll continue this tomorrow. And then we realize we catch the exact same bus. We've mm-hmm. just never talked to each other because we don't know each other from Bar Soap. Now we have something to talk about. And so for about the next two years, every bus trip to and from school, he'll get on the bus, he'll come to me with a question about God or the Bible, 
and then I try and answer that question, and that's literally all we you did. You have got to be kidding! <laughs> that is like the best bus ride ever. Yeah, it How was, long were you on the bus for? Uh, I was on there for about twenty minutes. The funny okay, thing yeah, was twenty minutes, morning and evening. Yes, yeah, he was the f- first stop to get off, and okay. I was the last stop. So oh, it was actually okay. it was really annoying because I'm like, oh, I'm here the whole time. You should just stick around with me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we had about like a solid twenty minute block before we'd get to school or before he'd get dropped off uh, at his bus stop. And so it was like the perfect, you know, opportunity to talk with someone about this. And he was coming to me now. Mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden, uh, it, was, it was as though God had put someone in my life to kind of reinvigorate that passion for sharing my faith with people. Mm-hmm. And it was only after meeting him that I really began to think about, this is what really gives me fulfillment in my life. This is what I enjoy doing. Perhaps I should pursue this as a career. And in, So this is where you found your calling to ministry. That's it. Yeah. Because basically, throughout my church uh, life, you know, a lot of people have told me, you'd be great for ministry, you'd be a great pastor. And as like a kid, you know, you always want to do the opposite of what people tell you. So I was just like, mm, yeah, I don't know about that. I could do whatever <laughs> I want, you know. So I never really listened to a lot of what other people said. But now that I'd experienced this and I'd felt it and I could see what God was, where God was leading me in my That's life. Interesting. It's interesting how other people can often recognize your calling, it is, isn't it? Yeah, uh, with with, um, with with my son Harley, you know, Shell and I recognised his calling two years before he did. Mm. We we did the opposite. We just didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah, we just, just like him. we just used to have conversations. Like, I wonder when he's going to realise. Yeah, you know? anyway, and, go, go ahead. Uh, yeah, and so uh, that's where I ended up. Um, I. Yeah, I'm here now studying uh, theology and ministry, and my passion still is to just share my faith with other people. Uh, the logic still stands. It's good news. Why not tell people about it? So I want to I want to know about your friend. Did your friend give his heart to God? Yeah. So um, I, I'm continuing to do Bible studies with him. Uh, he yeah he gave his heart over to God, and so now we're just like progressively going through the Bible and helping him to get a better understanding. And our goal for this year, really, we've set we've established a goal. We want to help him make his faith independent. Mm-hmm. Uh, independent of me, have it so that he has this personal relationship with God. So that's what we're building towards. I mean, after two years of uh, having conversations on the bus, I'm thinking this guy should be going into ministry as well. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> he's like, got all the answers, I'll tell you that. Yeah, he's, he's got all the information. He doesn't need any more than that. Okay, so um, what else are you doing for God? I understand you do a podcast. Tell us a bit about the podcast and tell us how we can uh, – yeah, tell us a bit about what, what you're doing with the podcast. Yeah, sure. So basically uh, the premise of the podcast, when I was preparing a lot of my sermons that I preach uh, at church, I realized that I do a lot of research and then only about like half of that research goes into the actual product because – it, otherwise, I'd be preaching for like two hours, and no, no one <laughs> yeah, wants. Yeah. No one wants that. You know, we all want to get out yeah. for lunch. Wait, so, are, just back up for a second. How old were you when you first preached at church? <laughs> I was twelve years old. <laughs> first sermon at twelve. First sermon at was twelve. Was that a f- full sermon or was that like a ten minute? Uh, it was like a ten minute sermon. Yeah. Wait, how old were you when you did the first full sermon? Uh, I'd say I was probably. <sighs> Probably around about 15, like yeah. f- around 15, I got to like the 20 minute mark and now I'm at like the 40 minute mark and people are like, can you go back to like 10 again? <laughs> Don't want me to go shorter. So yeah, I can, uh, I can see why people were saying, yeah, this guy has a call. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically I just realized, yeah, I've got all this good information. I really want to share it with people. And so uh, me and some of my friends uh, who are also very knowledgeable in the Bible and uh, are really good with the discussions that we have, uh, we sit down and we basically just have like a really chill discussion about these different topics we'll go through. Um, and so we'll pick like a, a different theme or maybe a Bible character or a concept. And we really just talk about it for, you know, like 40 minutes or whatever. Uh, so if you want to look for it, it's called the After Sermon Podcast. 
and you can find it on. Okay, so this is this after sermon, like where you can get together and uh, talk about the sermon and pick it apart, and we can find out all the faults in what the preacher well, said. Well, we, we try and avoid the faults, but yeah, we do we do pick apart, yeah, and we look at it. So it's called the After Sermon Podcast. You can find it on SoundCloud, this could be iTunes. Interesting with some of the sermons I I, I hear at times, I'm like, yeah, let's. Yeah. <laughs> I should have you on let's one. Let's go time. and crucify the pastor. And um, quickly as well, uh, I also just launched a new website, and basically sometimes sometimes having um, pastor for lunch uh, for, for the fellowship lunch has a different meaning yeah yeah, yeah quickly uh, Mighty Warrior Ministries look that up that website you'll find the podcast heaps of articles that me and my friends write look for it there Mighty Warrior Ministries fantastic we're going to listen to Melissa Otto this is not who you are Is there anyone out there and is God for real? As an atheist for years, my answer to those questions was no. But since then, I've had to reconsider the evidence. Evidence that points to a God of reason, science, love and hope. I'm inviting you to discover these answers for yourself in my exciting new series entitled, Is God for Real? Beginning 7pm Friday, February 23 at the Wolf.
All Saints Seventh-day Adventist Church. Visit isgodforreal.com.au for more details. That's isgodforreal.com.au. 